Welcome to another episode of the Resilient Leader Podcast, brought to you by Firestarter Business Solutions, igniting and sustaining your business growth. In this brand new podcast series, we are dedicated to finding out what makes business leaders tick, and in particular, how they cope with the bumps in the road that are an inevitable part of being the boss, particularly if you happen to own the company. During this series, we're going to be meeting lots of different business leaders to find out from them their strategies for business survival in an uncertain world, particularly during the current pandemic crisis, and hopefully pick up some of their wisdom along the way. My name is Dave Harris, and today I am delighted to welcome Richard Clark, who is the founder and director of Secret Source, a digital outsourcing agency based in the Canary Islands. Richard worked for several corporates before he set up his own company in 2008 to supply web development services for Spanish and British companies. This company, Synergy Outsourcing, morphed into Secret Source in 2014 as it expanded and developed into a much broader technical outsourcing company, working with prestigious clients such as Barclays, the NHS, British Gas and Terence Conran. Richard is also involved with a rapid prototyping and application development project through a joint venture partnership called System2. Oh, and his company designed and built an iPhone app called Walking In to revolutionise the way people enjoy walking and trail running. Richard, thank you very much for joining us today. Out of the many eye-catching aspects to your CV, perhaps the obvious one that people might tend to fixate on is the fact that you live and work in uh, Paradise, uh, a.k.a. Las Palmas on Gran Canaria. So before we talk in detail about your approach to leadership, tell us briefly about your operation there and how you ended up in such a nice place. Okay, so it was in 2001 we moved here. 2001 happened to be the wettest winter on record in the UK and I was living in the wettest part of Britain in Worthing in in Sussex and my wife and I, the one morning we woke up, my old golf the, the the footwell in my car was flooded with water our front window was flooded we thought right we've got to get out of here and so we got she got a job in um in a school here and the plan was we were going to come here for a couple of years enjoy a bit of sun and then get back to the uk and resume our lives and we never left <laughs> so well that's a, that's a great story actually i must admit tell me a little bit about what the company does then you know once you once you'd arrived in this beautiful place you know how did you go about setting up the company what was the inspiration well, no, to begin with, first, I didn't didn't set up this company. I, I worked as a, an IT teacher for a while, and I did that for about six, seven years. And then I set up this little company. I had an idea, basically, and um, I wanted to build a website, and I got some quotes from local companies in Spain, and it was expensive, and I found a team in India that would do it for one-tenth of the price. So I thought, oh, bit of a business opportunity here. So I set up that with a team in India, um, did that for a few years, and then um, in 2014, we moved all our uh, tech team over to Gran Canaria, and um, in 2014, we started Secret Source, which is our uh, tech team now. So when you say your tech team, I mean, how many people are we talking about? Is it is quite a large team? We're 25 at the moment, 26 from next week. Basically, what we do now, we've changed a bit of the services we provide. And what we do now is we build IT teams. So it might be three or four developers and one project manager. And we those teams work with UK companies. So it's not we don't do a project for companies. We, we actually provide their whole IT team. So we work with um, lots of companies around the UK. And do you still use developers in, in places like India and that sort of thing? No, no, no. It's all our teams here in Gran Canaria now. Right, right. So you, you've got it's more it's, it's easier to control, I imagine, when it's sort of local. 
it's a little bit easier. It, it, there's also other advantages that people know each other. People, it's, it's a nicer environment, I think. Good. Okay. Well, I think that that's given us a good insight into into the sort of basic structure of the business. So now let's talk about about you as a, as a leader and your your role as a leader and and what you think about resilience and how how important you think it is in that role. Okay. So for me, I think it is one of the most important skills. Um, the a leader. I don't tend to call myself a leader, but um, so someone in my position, someone who people um, look up to, ha- has to have when. When things don't go well and things, little things don't go well all the time, every day there's there's something, you need to be able to ride through those little challenges without getting affected, without getting too worried and without it affecting the team um, because they will look to see how you react and you need to be able to see the bigger picture all, all the time and to look past all, all these little issues that will, will come up all the time. And is that? Do you think that's what resilience really is? That, that that ability to sort of see the bigger picture. So, in my opinion, resilience is not getting anxious about things that otherwise you would get anxious about. Um, not worrying so much, not letting the worry of problems consume you, but being able to control that worry, control that anxiety. And and do you think actually you can you know you can turn it into a positive in some ways as well you know by by dealing with these mini crises from time to time no certainly yeah 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 because worrying is a good thing um if you don't worry about things then bad things will happen and um being resilient being able to see these problems and not letting them consume you but actually working out how to get through them yeah is 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 a very important skill Okay, so let's um, talk a little bit about where we are now. Uh, obviously, I don't know how much the current worldwide pandemic crisis has affected your company, but I don't think many companies have, have been completely immune to its effects. So do you think your ability to, to show resilience has been tested more than it would normally be tested in the last six months or so? Okay, so we, right at the start, we had a very our biggest contract and we just started it two months earlier with a company in America and they they cancelled that um, two months into it because of the coronavirus so it, it did affect us in, in a quite a big way initially however we'd been through bigger problems in the in the last few years and I'd learned how to deal I'd built up my resilience dealing with these past problems. So when these ones came now, I was better prepared for them than than I would have been, say, three years ago. Now you mentioned there that that it was you know past experience helped you, but I wonder whether you could give us some examples of maybe how you maintain that resilience. You know how you, I mean, do you have habits or rituals, everyday routines, that sort of thing that that can help you with this sort of thing? Oh, definitely. Definitely. It's a very conscious thing that I do. It's not something that just you learn it and then you can do it. Um, or not, not in my case anyway. When I'm faced with a problem or challenge, the first thing I do is I ask myself, is this going to be a problem tomorrow? Is this going to matter next week? Is it going to matter next month? Is it going to matter next year? And once you realize that most things won't be an issue in the long term, it really helps gain perspective. However, probably the most important most important thing that I've learned is to not hide or ignore the problem or just hope that it will fix itself. 
you need to look at it straight in the face and you need to get all the information you can about it and make a plan. This way, problems are not just some big unknown, but they're actually something that has a solution. So my, my wife, she's a uh, director in a school and obviously she has, she has a, their, their, own, their own problems there. And she, she likes to think of it the way she used to be afraid of deep water, right? And uh, she wouldn't jump off a boat into deep water because she didn't know what was underneath. She then taught herself, she went on a diving course and learned to dive. And once she, once she went underwater and saw what was there, it wasn't a problem and she lost that fear. And in my, my opinion, it's the not knowing, it's the it's that causes the anxiety. And over the years, we've, we've had problems with, with cash flow and worried about um, clients not paying us on time and stuff like that. And in the past, I just hope that they would, and it would be just a constant, constant worry in the back of my mind. Now we, we plan it. We know exactly what's going to come in and on what day. And if it doesn't come in on that day, what are we going to do? And even though we know we're not going to have enough money at that very moment, we know it and we make a plan for it. So yeah, that's, that's one of the main things. In addition, I've got a few general things. I try to be more mindful. This is all the, all the rage at the moment, but I, I, I try, I'm not, I'm, I don't do meditation or, or but I, I tend to be more mindful when I'm, when I'm doing things. I try to focus on them, do regular exercise. Um, and, and another key thing that I've found has really helped is, is being grateful for, for what you do have. So when, when something bad or potentially bad does happen, just reflecting on what you actually do have and looking at that positively, that, that, that really helps put things into perspective. Thank you for that. That's, that's really interesting. Um, I wonder whether you could tell me a little bit. You mentioned just now uh, that you know one of the you know had quite a big crisis at the beginning of the lockdown when uh, when a when a big U.S. client uh, basically cancelled a contract because of COVID. So was that the biggest crisis you faced over this period? And and if so, how did you deal with that? How did you? I mean, apart from being philosophical about it and and, and trying not to get too worked up about it, I mean, what practical steps can you take when when something that like that that let's face it is fairly major. Uh, you know what? What do you do about it? Oh yeah, this this was major enough. It took us from being profitable to being not profitable in whatever that five-minute phone call took. So we well, we basically we just sat down. We said this is what's going to happen. We can't control this. This company has cancelled the contract, and they have the right to cancel because it's in their contract clause. What are we going to do about it? So we sat down and we made a plan, and that plan didn't work exactly as we'd planned it but we had a plan and we stuck to it and and we got through it yeah and 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 i mean because obviously the the, the you know some people might think you know in in a in a major crisis like that you know the temptation might be to sort of throw your hands in the air and say oh well you know that's it you know we've we've lost this major contract we're not profitable anymore you know that's curtains but 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 clearly you know what from everything you've said about facing you know looking the problem in the eye and and working out a plan that clearly is uh, and and you're here today so clearly that worked but i mean you know were there were there specific things that were obvious that you had to do i mean you know because one of the things that companies often do of course is they make people redundant you know they cut they cut down they cut their costs immediately you know when these things hit uh, i mean is that a is is that a route that you have to take sometimes 
Yeah, look, in, in this case, we we were working with a couple of freelance people and it broke my heart, but we had to stop stop working with them. We looked at furloughing a couple of our staff temporarily. We put it to the staff and, and as a team, they said it wouldn't be good for morale. So so we didn't. We took a, a different approach. We just, just went out there looking for work, whatever work we could get. Because in our business, it takes about three to six months from initial conversation to getting a contract. So trying to find someone to start in two weeks is, is a bit of a challenge. But we went out there. We found enough work to just keep them going until we got the next big contract. And, and, we, and we managed to do it. But um, look, when it happened, there was a moment where we just thought, oh, my God, is, is this worth it? But I, we used our techniques. We sat down and said, what do we have? We have these other contracts. We have these. These are all good. And we have good clients. We have a great team that we've built over the last years. This is not something we want to throw away just because we've lost it. Let's work out a way to get through it. And, and we did. And we've thrived because of it. And I'm really interested to ask you as well. I know you, you said earlier you, you don't like to call yourself a leader, but clearly you are a leader, whether you whether you choose to call yourself that or not. And people often talk about the loneliness of leadership, you know, because you do have to make sometimes make these big decisions essentially on your own. I mean, yes, you can consult and you can talk to people, but at the end of the day, it's often going to be your decision, you know, which way to go. Did, did that feel like an awesome responsibility in such a situation? In our company, no, it doesn't. It doesn't work like that. So. We've worked a lot over the years to work as a, as a whole team. So there's the three sort of directors at the top and everything we talk together. We all have our strengths. We all have our weaknesses and together we're, we're better. So I never felt alone ever. And then when we made the decisions, it was presented to our team, not as a fait accompli, but this is, this is what we're thinking. What are your thoughts? And a couple of the things that we decided we didn't do, we, we changed and, and for the better. So no, I never felt lonely. I, I felt part of a big team and I felt that we were going to get through this together. And we did. Would you say you've learned anything over the last six months? Uh, in other words, you know, has, has the last six months sort of taught you new stuff or has it just simply served to confirm what you already knew? Oh, both. Both, definitely. It's reinforced our belief that was a belief that was a gut feeling that close bonds people have with each other really define how well a team works and that real contact is, is necessary to, to keep those real close bonds that people have. Google did a study about um, three or four years ago on what are the, the key traits of a successful team. And one of the key traits is something called psychological safety, where a team feels safe within their teams. They feel they can speak their mind and not be reprimanded for it. They not be criticized for it, not be, not be laughed at. They, they must feel safe in their team. And it was our, our belief that to get psychological safety, real psychological safety, you needed to have those close personal bonds that you can only get when working with people in the office. I think that is true. And I think that's reinforced that. However, whereas we believe that you need to be in the office four or five days a week, it, uh, I've learned that our, our team can work really, really well remotely as well. They don't need to see each other every day. So our main beliefs of philosophy is that the happier our team are, the better they work and that the the closer they work together the better the results that's true that's that's we've maintained that philosophy we haven't changed that but we have had to 
adapt our processes to honor those values so so that our remote team can can still work in the same way and, and talking of your team which is clearly a, from what you've said a, a, a hugely important aspect of your business as a leader do you think it's your job or is it or is it necessary for you to to have a very positive influence over them i mean i guess you've already answered this in some ways but transferring those skills those coping skills those resilient skills to the members of your team are you able to do that do you think i think our team works best when they are taught the skills to be able to do things themselves we've learned this over the years that if you tell someone what to do they'll do it and they'll do a good job but when you tell a team why you want to do it and you leave them to decide how they do it that's when the team really really works well going back to resilience yeah, I've learned these techniques over the years. A couple of our team have suffered a bit over the last um, six months. They've, it's been difficult. Some some people was look in Spain. We had we had we had a proper lockdown. We were actually locked into our houses for almost two months. We couldn't leave our houses, and some people was were living in a single apartment with someone they've just met, the studio apartment. So. Yeah, I shared my experiences over the last few years with them. I, I gave them some te- some techniques, and I hope I helped them. Well, I'm sure you did. I, w- I wonder whether you could comment on whether your approach to resilience, your approach to business resilience, is also part of your, your personal life. I mean, do you, do you feel, in, in other words, do you kind of live this way in all aspects of your life, you know, your social life, your friends, that sort of thing? Or do you see them as completely separate and actually, you know, it's a different, it's a completely different thing in your personal life? Look, I'm, I'm very lucky. I've got a very strong marriage. Um, I've got great kids. They're pretty well behaved most of the time. So I don't have the the ups and downs of the experience in business that I do at home. I have, it's, I have a pretty stable life. Having said that, when I, when I was learning to be more resilient for my business, I, I didn't think of it as to be more resilient in business. I was thinking of it as a life skill to be more more resilient in general. Um, and the, so the techniques I, I use at work, I, I definitely use at home, um, whether it's trying to be more mindful, doing regular exercise, being grateful, focusing on the positives. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's, a, whole, it's a whole life thing rather than just for business. I wonder if I could ask you quickly uh, a little bit about the Fast Starter Forums, which I know you've, you've been taking part in, and whether you have found that sort of thing useful, uh, particularly you know, through, through a crisis, but in general, you know, uh, do you think they have a role to play in, in resilience? Oh, oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't go as far as say without them, I wouldn't have got through this, but um, meeting people in the same position as me, listening to people that have the same issues that share the same challenges um, has made a huge difference to how I've coped over the last three months just these little tweaks you can make to your life these little tweaks you can make to the business have really helped but the main thing is just knowing that there are other people out there in the same position as you has been so comforting yeah and yeah they've really really helped me Final question, Richard. I wonder whether I could ask you to gaze into your crystal ball a bit and 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 look at the future. And and I'm wondering whether you know. Obviously, we're not out of this crisis yet. Uh, clearly, there's there's still a way to go uh, with the COVID nineteen thing. So I'm wondering, is it is it 
difficult? Is it more difficult for you to plan ahead at the moment? Indeed, can you plan ahead or do you, do you just kind of just take it one day at a time? I'd be interested to know what you think about that. One of the, um, the key takeaways I've had from these Firestarter forums, I can't remember which one it was, but someone said, if you plan to survive, you will survive. But if you plan to grow, you will grow. So don't look at this time as just a time to survive, as a time to put your head down and get through it. Look at the opportunities around you and see how you can use this to your advantage, to everyone's advantage. And that's what we did. After the initial knuckling down to get through the original, the initial issues that we had, we sat down as a team and we thought, how, how are we going to get through this? What are we going to do? How are we going to grow out of this? We're in quite a lucky position. We, we offer a services that we're not a restaurant. We're not a hotel. We can change our, the product we, off, we offer. So, so we, we changed our strategy um, a few months ago. And yeah, we've actually grown. Our company has grown by 30% since the start of the lockdown. And we redid our five-year plan a few weeks ago. I'm presenting it to the staff in, on Thursday, actually. And it's much, much more ambitious than, than we'd ever thought. Um, and that is because someone, we, we were told, just don't focus on surviving, focus on growing and make plans around that. Because if you survive, you'll survive. If you try to grow, you will grow. We're aiming high and planning accordingly. Well, that's a really, really positive note to end on. And, and the very best of luck with that, Richard. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. You've been listening to the Resilient Leader podcast with my expert guest, Richard Clark, the founder and director of Secret Source, who's been sharing some of his leadership resilience approaches with us. If you've enjoyed the podcast and found Richard's insight useful, then why not join us on one of those Firestarter forums that we mentioned in the podcast? They're held online on the second Thursday of every month. They're completely free of charge. All you have to do is register on the Firestarter website at www.firestartersolutions.co.uk. We look forward to you joining us for our next podcast episode. But in the meantime, please subscribe and keep listening.